Hi, and welcome back to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. I'm Emma. And I'm Tash. Hello. 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 Hi. <laughs> Hi, sexy glasses Tasha, who has sexy glasses. You can't see her, but whoa. Oh. Listen, I haven't washed my hair for about three days, but I will be washing it tomorrow because I've got work. So maybe I'll take a sexy little picture for you all to see. I tell you Ooh. what, greasy hair or not, my fanny is tingling. Oh, is it? <laughs> is it? Is it hard? <laughs> oh, easy, oh easy. This is a family program. Oh wait, no, it's no, not. no, it's not. <laughs> Fucking hope it's not. Well, I mean, my whole family listens, so mm, kind of. Mm, is. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, on well, on other podcasts, they do like a little warning at the beginning of the episode, and they're like, you know, listener discretion is advised. Oh should yeah, should we do that, or should just people just know? I might hit up one of our podcaster friends who has a very, very smooth and silky voice. He'll know who he is, and maybe ask him very, very nicely with cherries on top if maybe he could do as a. Listener discretion is advised announcement for next season. That's a oh, good yeah. idea. But yeah. I, yeah. Spine chills and serial killers. Talks yeah. about fannies. Poo a lot. <laughs> and vaginas. Fannies and poo. Yeah. Fannies and poo. And they, he needs to say that they talk about fannies and poo. <laughs> no, because because the listener discretion is to warn people about the fanny and poo. He can't talk about the fanny and poo in the listener discretion is advised. Oh, okay. Gosh, yeah, that makes. Well, sense. I don't know the rules about these things. We don't even have one. We we just said that. <laughs> it's it's literally a little message saying put the kids to bed. Yeah, don't yeah. listen to this round around minors no absolutely not unless you want to pay for therapy later in which case knock yourself out yeah but then they won't be as funny as we are so maybe don't pay for therapy that's what makes you funny oh i see what you mean yeah. i was like what is she on about where's she going with this oh yeah mental damage makes you funny yeah, yeah. true talking about funny yeah or mortifying go on nah nah <laughs> What is it? What, oh. what what are you talking about, Emma? What's happened? Something happened and it was one of those moments where I just, I think I wished so hard that I was invisible that it actually worked and I became invisible. In my head, at least, I was like, nobody can see me. Nobody can see me. Nobody can see me. <laughs> so I'm in a supermarket. I had to go to the pharmacy. So it's a massive supermarket and I'm walking down the aisle towards the pharmacy and I see this lady and this lady's got really long red hair like the little mermaid she's in a long flowing floral dress she's very skinny she looks very pretty and she looks exactly like Becky from behind (laughs) from behind so thank you I love the way that you described (laughs) me Oh. <laughs> well, she she was a pretty girl and I was like, that's definitely Becky because it was in an area that you that I could been... be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, instead of being like a normal human being and going, Oh, Becky, Becky, hi Becky, Becky Oh, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I was walking behind her going, mm-hmm. Becky <laughs> <laughs> Becky Becky! Becky! 
And then she wasn't turning around because obviously this woman is French and her name is not Becky. Um, so then I thought I would shout in the supermarket because I was convinced it was you. I went, Oi, wench! <laughs> oh no! my God. Which got this woman to turn around and obviously I saw her face and it wasn't you, Becky. And she had no idea what I just shouted at her. So I... You know, I could, again, just normal reaction, say, oh, I'm really sorry. I thought you were somebody else. It's fine. You can, you know, you can mistake people for other oh, people. I don't it know happens. that you should do that. I think you just have to pretend it didn't happen. I literally stopped walking, <laughs> looked in the window of a shop as if I was looking at something. <laughs> I, I was like, no, it's not me. I'm invisible. Nobody can see me. It wasn't me. Mm-mm. Do you think it was obvious it was you? Yes. <laughs> So this woman basically just heard and then and then you just looked in a shop window and was like, Oh, window shopping. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it was just like I'm invisible. If I don't move, she can't see me. Like she's some kind of fucking T Rex. And I could have fucking died. Yeah, I don't blame you, that's mortifying. Because I'm such a knob. Why did I have to talk like that? What's so, wrong with me? Why didn't you get the fucking hint? Well, I don't know. You know, Becky might have been away with the fairies. You Becky know is often like. away with the fairies too. Yeah, I'm going to say, if, you, if anyone encounters me in public, I'm often, often not looking at people on purpose. So, <laughs> like, I'm like trying to stay, not, not, to be, not to be rude, but just... I hate bumping into. Well, I wouldn't mind bumping into you, but we have a lot of cust- I have a lot of customers that live locally, yeah, so I'm always like, you have to stay polite and not like I. Well, I'm sounding like I hate bumping into my customers, but you know what I mean. You no, no, no. I completely get it because whenever I see customers outside of work, one, I don't look like how I look at work. I look like this. You look beautiful. Um, greasy hair yesterday's makeup sweaty whatever i obviously make a lot more effort at work and then when you see people outside of work it's so embarrassing yeah i just generally hate seeing people when i'm shopping yeah when i'm shopping i'm either stressed and sweaty or i don't have any makeup on yeah exactly or all three so it's not yeah also when you're when you meet someone in the supermarket the worst part is you stop and have a little chat with them, right? Whatever. And then every aisle you then bump into them again. And, and it's awkward as do? fuck. <laughs> and then you're like, you just oh. kind of do that awkward oh. little nod. You know, oh, there we are again. Smile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just get like, me Tim Like the first one, it's like, oh, like something, usually something like, oh, just uh, fancy seeing you here. Yeah. Like <laughs> and then it's like, oh, oh hi are again. Are you stalking me? Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah, say, you're stalking me. I hate oh. it. I, I'll dodge. Yeah. See, I, I hate small talk so much. I hate yeah. it. Because I'm so awkward. And yeah. I'm just like, Meh. Literally, if I could not speak and just make little noises, like, Meh, meh like that, <laughs> and then that'd be it. Man, like, like Roadrunner. Like that. And just, like, scoot past people. That'd be amazing. Imagine our conversation if it had been you, Becky, in the supermarket. <laughs> I'd have gone... Becky! And you'd have gone, meep, meep. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. 
That would have been. And then everyone would have thought that we were both weird. Yeah. And then we would have both looked in that window together. Yeah. <laughs> God. I can't believe I called her a wench. Oh. oh, I wench. How dare you call me wench? Well, to be fair, <laughs> I bet you would have answered to that. You would have probably around. I'd have been like, it's yes, man. <laughs> right. Oh, Emma. And then what happened? Did Ben come along and rescue you, or were you actually by yourself? No, I was by myself. Ben was in the car because we had um, we'd taken the cat to the vet, so he was sat with the cat in the car. I then went into the car and explained what happened and he was mortified for me he said firstly you can never go in that shop again like ever and secondly he said i am so glad i wasn't with you because if i'd have been with you as much as i love you i would have just disowned you i would have walked off and if you'd have tried to talk to me, I would have spoken in French. I would have been like, comment? Quoi? Je vous connais pas, madame. And I would have walked off. Oh, mate. He was mortified. He was like, I can't believe you did that, you absolute <laughs> knob. Well, um, was it last in the last episode that I mentioned saying that I said that I love you to a customer on the phone? Yeah. Was it this oh, the- yeah. It was before. recently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the following week, someone said it back to me. Not the same person, but someone said that they loved me. So it happens quite a lot. And it made yeah, me feel so I, think I was does. so happy. I was like, yes, I'm not the only person that does it. So, so like, what oh. you're saying is I've got to wait for somebody to mistake <laughs> me for somebody else <laughs> and go, oi, wench. Next time I see you, I'll do it. Oh, imagine then it, it, it's not you. Oh, <laughs> well, then I'll come on here and tell you about it. That is one that's going to keep me awake for years. Like, I'm going to think about that for years. The look on that woman's face was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so there we, we do, this is what we do during the week. We literally just go out and embarrass ourselves yeah. and then tell loads of people about it. That is what yeah, we Tash, do. Yeah, Tash, next week we need a story, please. Embarrassing story. I've actually got an embarrassing Tinder with Tash story, so... Ooh. That's a fantastic segue. Let's stick on that jingle. Boo, 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 boo. Sit down, you boys and girls and everyone in between. Story time. Tash has stories for you, both funny and obscene. Ooh. Did she swipe right, swipe left, or find out he had a rash? Ew. We're about to find out, because it's Tinder with Tash. Right, Tash. It better be good. Make me feel better. Do you want the embarrassing one? This isn't the one I was going to talk about, but you've actually jogged my memory. So I can either do the one that I was going to talk about and save the embarrassing one for next week, or I can do the embarrassing one now. I think we need the embarrassing embarrassing theme, I think. Okay, cool. So I don't know if you guys remember a little while ago, I, in my ultimate wisdom, basically somebody came into my work and there was a lot of flirting going on. That's rare for me at the pub where I work, just because like the demographic of customer is either someone and their wife or older gentlemen. Mm. So these two blokes came in and it was around Christmas time. I was selling raffle tickets for charity and to win 
a massive Toblerone of all things. Oh, I remember. And then you use the guy's number from the thing to say exactly so i can have your mate's number is that, yes, is that the one yeah. exactly that so i text the friend and said sorry to say you didn't win the raffle but your friend did win the jackpot with me oh that's so cringy <laughs> can oh, you oh cringy <laughs> can you pass on my number right then it turned out he was married yes i remember I died and I'll be honest, pretty much every week I remember that and I often remember it when I'm in the pub on my own and think, is today the day he's going to come in and I'm going to see him and I'm going to die of embarrassment? Oh God, did he come in? Well, my friends, that day has come. Oh God, no! I'm pretty sure like this is like two years on. It wasn't last Christmas, it was the Christmas before. So this is 18 months since I've seen him in the pub. Anyway, so he came in. I look very different. I've dyed my hair since then. I'm on a little bit of a health journey. So I've lost a little bit of weight. Yeah, might not have recognised you. Yeah, I mean, it's still me. Don't get me wrong. I've not, I've not all of a sudden turned into somebody completely different. But it's been a minute. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so he comes and, you know, when they come over and I'm like instantly embarrassed, but I'm trying to like hold it together, trying to be my normal chatty self, whatever. He orders two pints. I think it's for him and his friend. Then his friend orders another one. So I just pour two pints and he's like, oh no, like I wanted two and he wants one. I was like, oh, okay. So that was awkward in itself, that first interaction. And it's like, the hottest day ever so he then goes and sits outside with his friend I'm just inside like just working I guess he comes in a little while later orders another drink my auntie who is the owner of the pub and my grandparents are sat in the pub and he goes to me last time I was in here we were really flirting (gasps) and I fucking died inside I was like oh I don't know I don't think that was me me (laughs) like he knows that I know that it's me like I it it was you know I was like no definitely not me I'm not like that I'm you know I've never flirted with my customers (laughs) like flirting again like yeah yeah flutter flutter (laughs) of the eyelashes and swish of the hair (laughs) I never flirt (laughs) <laughs> and then he was like, no, nah, I believe that of you. You're not like that, are you? And I just thought, you're a mug because you're married and that's out of order. Now you're coming in here flirting with me again. And I was just really, really embarrassed. Didn't really know what to say. But it was even more awkward because my family was sat across from me. Oh. And then um, I was packing up to leave, like doing handover and what have you with my colleague. And... He had left with his friend, but then came back to buy some sparkling water. He went, oh, are you leaving? We can walk out together. I was like... What's he doing? I don't what know. What I'm embarrassed for... He's the embarrassment. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, okay. And he like walked me to my car, which was really weird. And then that's the end of that interaction. But yeah, it was pretty cringe. That is awkward. What was, I don't understand. I don't know but anyway. either. But it just made me... Re- I don't even know his name. Um, it just made me relive my cringe, cringe messaging, sending him. 
Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Like, I am confident in terms of talking to men. Like, I very rarely get embarrassed. And I don't get, like, I don't... I think because I've been on so many dates, I'm just very casual about it. And I'm just like, well, it's just another person to talk to type thing. Um, So, yeah, it's very rare that somebody makes me feel like that. So, kudos to him, I guess. I think he probably mistook your embarrassment for your previous thing as flirting again. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because you were a little bit, like, awkward. He probably just thought, oh, well, she's into Oh, me. she's flirting again. That yeah. flirt. That God. flirty barmaid. Yeah. Also, just just to wrap up Tinder with Tash, I have got a date on Sunday, so stay tuned. Is it your friend's boyfriend's friend? No, that is still going to happen, but no. Oh, well, good luck for your date, sweetie pie. Thank you. I hope it goes well, but kind of hope maybe that it doesn't, but in a hilarious way that will make our podcast popular. Listen, we're we're all here for the drama and the jokes, so (laughs) this is market research or whatever we want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Good content. Yeah, content research. That's it. Right, Becky, what was your horror song last week? It was... You've been hit by, you've been you've struck, been struck by, by a smooth criminal. criminal. That's what it was. It was Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. Sure was. Did you guys get any answers? Yeah, I got a right answer from, drumroll, Leanne. Well, well done, done, Leanne. Leanne. She was so happy because she says that she normally... Finds them really hard, and she got it straight away. So well done, Leanne. Bravo, Leanne. Tash, did uh, you get any? I did. I got a right answer from Rachel. Go so, on, Rachel. Well done, Rachel. I got a few as well. So I got Ruth, Carabeth, John, Rochelle, the ladies over at Please Don't Follow Me Home, Nicole, and Pippa. So well done, everybody. Bravo. I also got Mac as well. Oh, well done, Mac. Oh, well done, everybody. Whoop. Becky, did you send Mac a screensaver? No, I didn't. (gasps) Mac. I will do it and I I, I will apologise. I'm going to punish her severely. Oh, that sounds kinky. Can I watch? I'm not going to send it again this week. (laughs) She does it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, Becky, what are you doing? Get that screensaver to Mac. Yeah, Becky. There's actually a um, half-written draft <laughs> as a reply that I just haven't got round to sending. So I'll do that. I'll do that tonight after we've finished. I bet she doesn't, Mac. I'm just saying. I bet she doesn't. <laughs> It'll be tomorrow morning. Sorry, yeah. Mac. So, yeah, well done, everybody. And I need to correct myself about the Ring a Ring a Roses song, I Missed Out John. So I am ever so sorry. He did get it right, so well done for that. Well done, John. Big up to you. Indeedy deedy. Right, Bex. Is it me? Aye. Right. Aye. Go on, wench. Well, I'm not going to do it if you're going to touch me like that. <laughs> Murder wench. Murder wench. Go on, Becky. 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 Oh... My laugh on here is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's never the same one that I use in real life. 
I don't know. I'm not normally like <laughs> everybody. <when I'm... laughs> I do snort. I do the, do that a lot, but I'm not like a, a giggling, like pervy old man. Like <laughs> right. Speaking of pervy old men, oh. that's a good segue into my horrible story this week. Oh, great! Pervy old man. Woo. Whoop whoop. So. I kind of found this one again. I did the whole thing. What's the things that, what are things that scare me or that I don't like? So things that I don't really like are like puppets and like every, anything like that. I, I think we've discussed it before that puppets, I don't like their flappy heads. And I thought you said, they always made me feel a puppet. I thought you said puppies when I was about to end our friendship, <laughs> but no, I'm with no. you now. Who doesn't like puppies? No, puppets. Yeah, Mar- marionettes. Yeah, and is it ventriloquists? Ventriloquist dummies, yeah. Yeah, dummies. Dummies are worse than puppets, but it's the whole flappy head things, and it's usually the, the people that are doing it, I always miss, it just, they just make me feel weird. What about the so Muppets? I never really like clowns. I'm not a big fan. I mean, the Muppets are not as bad because I think I've been exposed to them more. <laughs> You've been exposed to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next <laughs> as in like i've seen it more you know watch I mean? the puppets <laughs> look at the frog look at him <laughs> you'd be a good beaker actually beep, beep. a what beaker is, is it that be- the one that goes yeah i think it is it's one oh, of I them i don't know any of their names apart from kermit a kermit and miss piggy yeah gonzo the, the cookie monster yeah Big Bird. Oh no, that's Sesame Street. So, same thing. It's funny how you would mention Sesame Street. Oh, oh dear, Tasha. Because this uh, story uh, revolves a little bit around a program called Joy Junction, which was a 1980s Christian themed television game show. Oh, wow. That sounds, that sounds terrifying in itself. It sounds terrible. And it was it was shown on like the Christian Channel. What's that got to do with Sesame Street? Because it, it's basically a rip off Sesame Street, but it's a game Christian <gasps> version. Have they got Christian puppets? Yes. Oh, it's horrible. What are they? Are they animals or are they like Jesus and they're like, Mary and they're Joseph? They're a bit like Bert, Bert and Ernie. They're a bit like that Ooh. kind of looking, but like on a really cheap. And really over Christianized, and just you know when you watch it and you're just like, why did this even happen? What do they say? Like praise Jesus, Amen. Yeah. Well, what it Christ, <laughs> Christ our Lord. Lord and Savior. Yeah. Well, what it is is basically Sesame Street, but then also kids come on the show and do like games and stuff. Jesus games. But also, while learning valuable lessons from the Bible. Pin the nail on the cross. (laughs) (laughs) Emma. I'll see myself out. Pin the nail on the Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I think, Emma, I think you need to go and splash your face with holy water water. and wash your mouth She will burn. I can't. It'd burn. It burns. Sorry. Sorry, Jesus. (laughs) 
Sorry, Jesus. Don't. He, he don't. forgives it, but you have to sing happy birthday to him at Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. I tell people that story all the time. What? Uh, are you going to tell it, Tasha? I'm happy tell to it? tell it. So, um, Becky and I um, have some friends in France that, well, I mean, we've known for years, haven't we, Becky? Yeah. Mm. Through Becky's in-laws, essentially. And um, they told us a story how they had some other friends of theirs come and join them for Christmas dinner. And they decided to prank their friends and tell them <laughs> that they Just before sing, they're eating. <laughs> that before eating, they sing happy birthday to Jesus. <laughs> And they got them all singing happy birthday at the Christmas dinner table. <laughs> and they, they believed him. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sing with happy birthday to Jesus. Happy birthday to you. And, See you at um, Easter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just hilarious. But when they told us the story, their friend was there. So, like, they were just rinsing him. Like, it was a constant rinse. It wasn't just like, oh, that happened this one time. Like, he was there when the story got retold. So it was very, very funny. And, oh. uh, and it was like, I didn't know. I was just invited for dinner. Of course I sang along. Because it was like, you know when someone's really shocked, but like trying to sing along because you know the song. It's just really funny. They're just trying to be polite. So, uh, yeah, it was very, very funny. And I do tell people about that often around Christmas time. <laughs> right. Oh. Back to Jesus puppets and kiddie games. This all sounds so oh. wrong. Horrible, isn't it? Kids come on the show playing challenging games, but also at the same time learning very valuable lessons from the Bible. So they basically stole all the other kids' shows and like mixed it up and made it really Christianized. Yeah. Yeah. There's a small segment of the show called Ron and Marty. And what it is, is this guy called Ron comes on with his horrible dummy and Whoa. sits there and reads stories to the children. From the Bible. Yeah, either from the Bible or, like, things that could happen, like, uh, oh, I saw Jimmy stealing, but I know that that's wrong and he's going to go to hell. And uh, it's all this really, like, over-the-top, horrible stuff. But, but you know, like, in a way that in the 80s, you could have told that to children, it would have been fine. The part with this guy and his dummy. So who was reading the story, the dummy or the guy? Wow, that horrible duo thing where when one of them's talking, like when the man's talking, the fucking dummy's nodding and looking at him. I fucking want to hate, hate it. hate it so much. Becky and they're like nodding like, yeah, yeah. And they're looking at the audience like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. Everyone knows that you have a hand up your fucking ass. Thank you. You're horrible. right. I hate him so much. <laughs> Horrible, I think we might horrible, have t- touched a sensitive spot. She chose yeah. to do this story. I don't think it's the right <laughs> choice for you, babe. It's triggering, isn't it? So he was on this, this Joy Junction bollocks. But when he wasn't on the show, he was doing like live shows for kids at schools, churches and birthday parties around his like local community. 
he was known as like a really generous guy and would throw pizza parties every Wednesday for like the local children for Mate, free. This guy feels risky already. Yeah. yeah it's bad, isn't it? It sounds so innocent. It's just a guy who likes kids and he's, you know, helping out the community and whatever. But in our day and age, when you're talking, we're just like, red flag, red flag, red yeah, flag, yeah, red yeah, flag. Yeah. yeah, it's too much, isn't it, now? We know yeah. now that no one's that squeaky clean. Yeah. Which is sad. It's so sad. Because there are, peop- there are people that are nice. Yeah. Of but it's because of people like this that you can't be that nice. Na- I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So, perfect guy, right? No, I'm guessing not. He likes puppets and children, so I'm saying no. Oh, one of the clips of Joy Junction, you could see Ron and his horrible puppet talking about stuff, and it's usually about things that are wrong, and he's telling like his puppet, like, that was wrong and this is right, or the other way around. And uh, one of the things his puppet was saying to him, Oh, my friend tried to show me some dirty pictures and they were really dirty and horrible. But I knew that you're not allowed to look at things like that. But basically he was talking about the puppet that's supposed to be a child was talking about his own puppet friend showing him pornographic images. That's Like dirty pictures. On a television program for children. Wow. So basically he's saying he showed me dirty pictures and you're not allowed to look at that because then, you know... Jesus won't be happy and all this stuff. It's, eh, that's not something that you talk about. It just feels like they're planting seeds into kids' heads to do that. Yeah. So in May 2012, Homeland Security, in sorry, this is in America, uh, launched a new investigation called Operation Holitina or Holitina. This was to catch, like, as many paedophiles as possible and shut them down. Shut down their websites, shut down their chat rooms, just try and get as many as possible and try and get as many people charged and in prison. Good. So on the 3rd of May 2012, a man from Kansas called Michael Arnett is arrested by Homeland Security for possession of illegal photographs and videos of minors, so pornographic child images. Ugh. And they dig deeper, so they get hold of his computer, dig deeper on that, and they find that he's been communicating on chat rooms. And he really liked talking to another person on Yahoo Chat. And this other person, um, their username was called UE Lime. So the agents start opening the chats, and as they go through, it just gets worse and worse. Uh, there was hundreds of videos and images but also of young children that were obviously deceased and posed in inappropriate... Oh, my fucking God! Yeah, ...traditions. But what's even more disturbing is the conversations between Michael and the other anonymous user of UE Lime. Their conversations were just absolutely disgusting. I won't go into it a lot. I'll mention a little bit later on. After looking through that, investigators wanted to also find this other anonymous user they went and got a subpoena to go to yahoo to get them to provide the user's email location and ip address too right they actually end up pairing the email to a school system in florida where they find a man who's listed on their like um 
employee base as a puppeteer. Oh, no. Yeah. And he performs for kids up to eight years old. And this guy is called Ron. They find this guy and they're like, well, before we go and see him, we'll run a background check on him. So what they end up finding is two reported incidents. So the first one was in 1998, where he was pulled over for a traffic violation. And a police officer noticed a pair of young boys' underwear wedged between the front seats. And when he was questioned about it, he said that, actually, these were for my puppet. And he, like, got his puppet out of his case. And he got away with that because it could make sense. Yeah, puppets need underwear, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but that that doesn't make sense because the hand's up there. Could be in the back of the head. Yes, but yes, buzz. And there was another report from 2010, but this was made by one of Ron's neighbors saying that there's a strange number of kids that would go around to his house with their bikes and skateboards and hang around for him. And then they, he'd come home. This woman also said that he was taking the young boys in his vehicle to church without the parents' permission. And that also sometimes he would take their bikes and skateboards and lock them all up in his trailer. And he was just a little bit of a weirdo. She was getting not good vibes from this guy. On the 17th of July, 2012, two months after Michael Arnett's arrest, investigators came across a website called cutedeadguys.net. And they found that a man named Ron was stating, like, all of his interest in young, dead boys and that he was a, a necro and he just uh, loved loved looking at images of dead children. That's fucking disgusting. His sexual preference was changing and starting to lean towards necrophilia, but with children. <sighs> they also realised that the IP to that was the same of the Ronald that they'd found earlier, so they managed to get a search warrant for his trailer. And they went and knocked at the door and took Ron out of the trailer straight away. And what they found with the raid on his trailer was over 200 child pornography images, over 100 photos of children tied up, gagged and blindfolded. Oh my God, fucking Images hell. of deceased children, hundreds of images of a boy from his church who had died from a brain tumour. So it wasn't deceased images of the boy, but there was loads of images of this boy as if he was like, well, I know this guy's dead now. So you like made a little folder of just images of this little boy. I actually feel like physically sick. It's disgusting. This is so fucked up. In his underwear drawer, they also found a missing child flyer, which was very worrying. Boy's underwear. A blow-up doll wearing children's clothing. Jesus Christ. And also many journals where he revealed his sick infatuation and also resentment of various young boys, like in his church. So in his journals, he'll say like, oh, I met with, I don't know, this is random, like little Jimmy uh, at church and he annoyed me and... I said, how are you? But then actually I was imagining all the time and I was imagining him strangling him to death and him going limp. It's just horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. 
And this guy goes to church, yeah? This guy goes to church and yeah. goes on a kid's program. Yeah. He thinks he's going to heaven, does he? Fucking yeah. hell. Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. So after finding all that stuff around his house, they find his computer, proceed to open up Yahoo Chats and find that his screen name is UE Lime. So it is definitely, well, they knew this anyway, but it's the physical proof of it. And they found all the chats that he'd been doing with that Michael Arnett guy. So Michael Arnett used quite a few different usernames to like avoid detection. Like I've said before, the conversations were just awful. So Arnett advised Ron Brown to look around trailer parks and low-income housing complexes because, quote, they are great breeding grounds for even small ones that are very well watched. That is absolutely horrendous. Terrifying, isn't it? So they see that as like, oh, well, they're poor, so their parents have to work so they don't, can't watch their kids as closely. Yeah. So it's just easy pickings for them. And then they go on about, oh, it's easier to get the poor kids to like you because you can, you know, it's just, it was just like the Predator's Handbook on how to kidnap young children. So on these chats, Ron was discussing with that Michael Arnett about a plan to kidnap a young church boy to murder and eat the children. What is it with eating humans? Can we stop that? So hang on. So this guy is not only a paedophile, necrophiliac, he's also a cannibal. He's going on to cannibalism, yeah. That was like his biggest fantasy was, yeah, killing children. He would go on about stories that he'd love to kidnap a child and knowing that the child, I don't know, that you're going to cut off his leg. It was just horrible, horrible. It's disgusting. It was horrible. I couldn't read all the stuff because it was just too much. Is this like the worst guy we've ever talked about? Because I feel like it might be. Yeah. Well, yes and no. We've we've covered some horrific stuff. It's because it's kids, this one. I don't normally... Yeah, yeah. I don't normally talk about these things because it is upsetting. It's a subject that just is very important. It does need to be talked about. Ron said that these were all just fantasies that he hadn't acted on them. And that he was just talking about them in chat rooms. He said that he would never really do this. And he said that actually Michael Arnett was the one that was into killing and cannibalism of children, specifically toddlers. I think he's lying. So he basically is pointing his finger at his his pedo friend. Mm. So this does go to court. So he hasn't actually... They didn't find any evidence whatsoever. And with everything else spread around, he would have it would be in the evidence that they got. They haven't got any evidence that he actually acted upon his fantasies. Right. But it was escalating. It was getting worse and worse. His fantasies were getting darker and darker. Mm. And it had gone from just talking about it to actually planning a kidnap. So there was definite threat there. Yeah. It sounds like they got him in time. Yeah. So in 2013, Ronald William Brown is sentenced to 20 years in prison, registered as a sex offender, and would never be able to use the internet or have contact with children. Good. So even if he's still alive in 20 years' time, he can't, he's a sex offender for life, he's not allowed the internet and he's not allowed contact with children. I don't know how they can um, 
How can they stop him having internet access? I just don't think he's not allowed it. <laughs> yeah, but well, what's he's allowed him a going... phone, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they monitor that. Oh, you yeah. just have to have a flip phone. <laughs> so the judge at the sentencing said, "Perverted is not a strong enough word to describe what you have been engaging in." No, it's not. Yeah, the risk that your obsession becomes more of a fantasy to the point that the line between fantasy and real risk of threat becomes too blurred and that you are where you are supposed to be. So saying that he's going to prison, that's where he needs to be. So he is away at the minute. There has been some pushback saying that the sentencing was too harsh. What? Yeah. Because he hadn't actually acted on it. But I was like, watching child porn is enough to get you in prison. Yeah. That is wrong. That is against the law. He had enough on there and he shows how much of a, a threat he is to children when he's talking to children and thinking in his head how much he wants to murder and eat them. No, this guy, this guy was going to be an Albert Fish, wasn't he? Yeah, well, that's what some people compared him to. Mm. I mean, Albert Fish, it was the Times. That's why he got away with it too for so long. Yeah. It, you know, it's not the same as now. No. Anyway, so the show's current whereabouts are unknown as the tapes of the show may have been destroyed after the whole Ron Brown scandal came out and the whole case went public. So nowadays, there are only two surviving episodes but there are many clips of it uploaded to YouTube. And apparently, since April of 2021, 11 more episodes of Joy Junction have been found and uploaded to YouTube. So I only watched a little bit of them, but it's just so horrible. I mean, even without the whole Ron and Marty thing, it's just... The whole vibe is just The whole vibe is screwy, horrible... And it's got puppets in it, so it's just a no-go from me anyway. Luckily, with this one, that it didn't get to murder. They got him before he did hurt a poor child. So far as we know. Well, yes, yes and no, because... Okay, he didn't do it directly, but I think when you're consuming... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's like with any product. If you're consuming something, then you're creating the need for it and yeah. if you're creating yeah. the need for it then that's when children are abused victimized to cre- yeah yeah absolutely to create to create the product that you then buy to be disgusting with so okay he didn't do anything directly but he is one of the reasons that a lot of children end up in pedo rings and yeah well if there was no demand for that no it wouldn't children exist. would be yeah it wouldn't exist it wouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Those children, everyone that, all those children in those images and videos that he watched are all his victims. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. He's guilty for them being there. And yeah. so is every and, other dirty fucker that looks at them. Yeah. But yeah, thank God that the police managed to get him before he acted on it. Yes, God. Can you imagine if he'd managed to get a child, a child in those absolute monstrous hands just doesn't bear Mm. thinking about does it it doesn't it makes me feel sick i'm Mm. so angry i cannot deal with pedophiles at all yeah and ron and that other guy that michael 
just look like just look like paedophiles. Anyone can be a paedophile. Anyone can. It doesn't matter what you look like, but he the, these two look like the typical stereotypical paedophile. <laughs> so ugh. They're just uh pieces of shit. shit. Absolute shit. I hope they die in prison. I hope that all his inmates know what a piece of shit he is because I don't think paedophiles get an easy time in prison. They're not well received. Not if they're found out. No. So I hope he is found out and, yeah, he spends the next 20 years, if he survives that long, getting the shit beaten out of him. Well, he can be the inmate's puppet. They can use him. Yeah. Shove their hands up his ass. I must admit, when it is something this horrific, I'm like, can we just cut his fucking balls off? Oh, well, just I cut agree. them off. They should be castrated. Yeah, I can't. They can't. They be chemically castrated paedophiles. I mean, they can. I don't know if anywhere does it. They have to agree to it. I assume they have to agree to it. But oh, they might ask for it to be done. Yeah, if they realise what a piece of shit they are. Oh, fucking hell, that was horrendous. Yeah, I'm sorry. But that's my story for this week that you nearly didn't get because of my stupid computer. Well, thanks, Bex. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Becky's computer. But uh, yeah, the puppet's horrible. I will send you it. It looks a bit like the, is it Goosebumps? Yeah. Um, that's exactly the one that I'm thinking of. It's like that, but imagine someone's ruffled its hair. It looks a bit like that. Are you sending it now? I can do if you want. Hold on. Oh my God, that puppet is horrific. I thought it was like a, a Muppet puppet. Like No, there are some like that on there. Uh... Why has it got sideburns? <laughs> Why have its eyebrows <laughs> like that? And its eyelashes. I do not like that at all. He's worse than the one off Goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. And is that the guy there holding him? Yeah. Ugh. But he's younger on that picture. Oh, they just my- Oh no! Stop it with the photos. I wasn't expecting another one. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> that's awful, guys. We will post all these photos to our social media. But Christ Almighty, that's one terrifying puppet. Yeah, hold on. I'll send you a pic- a picture of him. When you Recently. said Sesame Street, I thought they were going to be cute. They are not cute. Look at that, that toupee. That is some bad, bad hair. Look at them horrible puppets. You can zoom in on that. Oh, the clown. My God, it's horrendous. Nightmare fuel. The scarecrow. So weird. Oh, I don't, I don't like any of it. Fucking weirdo. Yeah. Jesus. I feel very uncomfortable. I didn't know I didn't like puppets, but I don't like puppets. Right. Now, let's stick a trailer on. Oh, yeah. Put on that trailer. Big fish like to live in bad places. Mark had been talking about a very special halter fish that he'd just discovered at the mouth of a small cave. That's how they get to be big fish. Take on those river monsters with October Pod's Guide to Fishing. He was all black like a shadow, except for his eyes. Learn about the best places to cast your line. There was an eerie stillness about the place. The feeling you get standing in a graveyard. Get tips on the killer baits that catch even the most elusive fish. 
They were a lot bigger and spikier with big, deep red eyes. And when they landed on you, those mothers could bite. And learn how to fish the sportsmanlike way. The October Pod way. Join me, Edward October, for October Pod's Guide to Fishing. Vintage fishing hacks and true horror stories from the great outdoors. With special guest stars Emma from Spine Chillers and Serial Killers, Cord from Mission Spooky, Carissa Vickis, host of Beauty Unlocked, and Autumn Groovy, host of Autumn's Oddities. It's October Pod's Guide to Fishing. Available Tuesday, July 25th, only on YouTube. Don't miss your ultimate guide to landing the big one. Subscribe today and ring the notification bell to catch it before all the other anglers do. OctoberPodVHS.com Right, thank you for that trailer. That was a good trailer, to be fair, and I'm on that one, so I definitely think you should go and listen. Yes. Yep, 100%. So, part two of the Becker family haunting. Now, because I know you two, do you remember it? Yeah. I do, because I've also listened to our podcast as a listenee. Okay, so we've got Edwin and Marsha that have moved into a building with crazy old Myra living downstairs, yep. Yeah, holding a poodle. A poodle, yeah. A, a yeah. poodle. A poodle. I listened back and I did not say poodle. <laughs> I just said poodle. No, oh, you, you did not. You I didn't did. say poodle. And uh, when I it, listened back, I was like, she's edited her voice. Yeah, I didn't. No, that was Emma. That was literally, it was definitely I didn't edit it. Poodle. I didn't. Is my face believing you? My face is not believing you. <laughs> I sounded so annoyed at you two as well. I was like, fucking children. Yeah, you were Poodle. so annoyed at <laughs> But they just made She's it like, funnier. It's scary, shut up! Right. So the bath as well. We've got the bath and he hasn't told anyone about the weird plug. And we kind of left it with Marsha having her own secrets. Do you remember? Secret, secret. I do remember. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So... Without realising, the Beckers instinctively mostly lived in the kitchen. Marsha and Christine, so Christine's the baby, would be together all day in that one room. Marsha had made it into her little home. Edwin would come home after work where he would sit in there and chat about their days, having dinner before he went off to redecorate or fix something. It never occurred to any of them the reason why they felt most comfortable in the kitchen. They just did. Marsha began asking Edwin if she could go back to work. Now, this didn't sit well with him, as they had agreed, when she got pregnant, that she would look after Christine until she was able to talk. Now, okay, this might sound like Edwin's being a bit of a dick, but I can actually see his point with this. He didn't like the idea of leaving his baby with a stranger and the baby not being able to tell them if anything was going wrong. Mm. Do you see my point? Yeah, I've heard I've heard people say this before. So that's that was his issue. He wanted Christine to be able to talk before she was put with a babysitter. Edwin didn't know that what Marsha really wanted was just to get out of the house to somewhere where she felt safe, to somewhere where she wasn't afraid. Marsha had realized the building was haunted after the first week of living there, 
but hadn't wanted to talk about it with her very down-to-earth, very sceptical husband. And Edwin put the weird tension that they were going through down to the fact that in a space of a few months, they'd become parents, they now had a 30-year mortgage hanging over their heads, and, you know, it would be stressful for any family. Marsha had started to notice objects around the house move by themselves. She knew they must have, as she was often the last to sleep and the first to rise, and she knew where everything was. Plates and dishes would be placed in very obvious, strange places, and so would the broom and other kitchen appliances. She became increasingly uncomfortable in their new home, but kept it all to herself as to not get into another argument with Edwin. They were still fighting about the phone, as nine times out of ten, if Edwin called her, it was always off the hook. He began to suspect that his wife was lying to him, but just thought he'd leave it until they received their first phone bill and he'd be proved right. The day of their daughter's baptism was fast approaching. Edwin's friend George and his wife were to be the godparents. Do you remember George from last week? Yep. So George is his blind friend. So they were going to be godparents and a few family members would also attend the ceremony. The priest was then to come back to the apartment for some food and to perform a house blessing. The day arrived and everything went smoothly, until it came time to return to the house. Marsha and the rest of the guests left to set out the buffet. Edwin and George stayed behind to wait for the priest as he wanted to get changed before leaving. There were only a few minutes behind the others, so Edwin was a bit surprised to find the front door locked when he got there. As he fumbled for his keys... Myra flew out of her apartment and started screaming profanities at Edwin, or so he thought at the time. He now realises that she was probably screaming at the priest and the threat he represented to her family's house. You fucking bastard! Go away, you son of a bitch! Get the hell out of here! God, doesn't mince her words, does she? No, she does not. She screamed through the glass door. Edwin opened the door to shout at Myra. You get back in there and shut up or I swear I will evict you. Myra shot the priest a stare full of hate as she shuffled back to her apartment. Once the door was closed, they could still hear her shouting, You fucker, you don't belong here. Edwin was mortified and apologised profusely to the priest, saying she was not well and, well, just a bit crazy, and to not pay any attention to her. He was so embarrassed, especially as they hadn't heard a peep out of Myra for weeks now. The priest nodded, but Edwin knew that he was shaken by the event. They all went upstairs and the priest began the house blessing. He held a brass container holding holy water that he sprinkled around the rooms, praying in Latin. He started in the living room, raised the container and as he did, it exploded into pieces. Oh my God. He quickly knelt down to pick up the brass shards, visibly unnerved by what had just happened. Once he'd gathered all the pieces, he stood up and said, I must leave now. (laughs) But you haven't finished the blessing, Edwin protested. What I've done will be enough, he replied. Edwin knew how a house blessing went, and this wasn't even close to being enough. At least in my daughter's room, he insisted. The priest eventually agreed, but was extremely quick. He speedily spoke some prayers from memory, didn't even look at his book, and then almost ran to the door. In his haste, he mistakenly walked into the closet by the front door and even slammed the door behind him. He immediately rushed out and ran out of the front door. 
So much so that Edwin had to chase him down the stairs to give him a donation for the church. You know, if the priest came back to bless the house, you know, it's custom to give them a little donation. So Edwin chased him down to give him the donation and he accepted without even turning back. He just stuck his arm out behind him to take the envelope. Everyone was speechless. What the hell was that about, they wondered. And after much discussion, they put it down to embarrassment after his brass container of holy water had burst. The closet exit and Myra's welcome obviously not helping. It didn't even cross anyone's mind that the priest was terrified and that perhaps his presence had ruffled the ghost's feathers and now they were pissed. The next day, Marcia saw something so clearly impossible that denying the place was haunted was not an option. The hand mixer that was always placed on a hook and was one of the objects that had a tendency to fall when no one was looking, started to vibrate. She sat and stared at it as it lifted off the hook and floated a foot above it, and then began floating towards her, only to fall at her feet. She didn't feel afraid, strangely. She thought it was a spirit's way of confirming what she already suspected. This would happen for months and months, whether someone was there or not. Sometimes they would come home and find the mixer there on the floor, always in the same spot. Marsha also had started asking Edwin to fix a kitchen cupboard that would constantly open by itself. He got his leveller out and noticed the cupboard was indeed tilted, but in the opposite direction, meaning the door opening by itself actually defied the laws of gravity. Another mystery he just couldn't explain. Marsha asked him to look at the light that was constantly flickering, but this too didn't make any sense. He had fitted that light himself and had put in a brand new bulb, but still he took it apart and put it back together again, but it didn't fix anything. Marsha still complained about it and Edwin never had a logical answer. Edwin continued tidying up the basement, ignoring every red flag his instincts were giving him. He would feel watched constantly. He just put this down to worrying about Myra, thinking that she was about to appear and scream at him. Yeah, in a in a haunted house, the basement is not the not the place I'd want to be. No, me neither. Edwin's like, this is not haunted. Ghosts don't exist. Yeah, in denial. Yeah. He also got chills or suddenly very hot. His skin would go all goosebumpy, but he ignored it all. He would hear a couple arguing and just assumed it was coming from a neighbouring building, never realising it was the exact same argument over and over again. Oh, that's creepy. That's horrible. That's freaked me out. Good. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, doing your job. Well done. Thank you. He had since learned that the porn stash had belonged to the previous owner's son called Ben. I forgot about the What was his name, Ben? Ben. He was the one who had died in their apartment bathroom and was the reason that the house had been put on the market. Once he knew the guy's name, without realising, he would talk to him saying things like, Ben, you old pervert, why didn't you clean this place up? Or, Ben, what the hell am I going to do with all these magazines, you lazy old perverted bastard? As it turned out... (laughs) As it turned out, he found an antique dealer willing to buy the whole collection for 60 bucks. <laughs> what? That's bad. That's the one that's into a bit of vintage porn. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love the bush. <laughs> <laughs> 
more bush the better. (laughs) So that helped get rid of the mountains and mountains of images. It just became a habit that when he was down there, he would complain to Ben. He would still smell burning wood coming from the stove, but every time he checked, of course, there was no fire. He assumed Myra must be burning stuff down there, so he set a trap. He stuffed some old newspaper bits in there, so when she did light a fire, they would burn and Edwin would know that it had been lit. The phone bill arrived, and Edwin was eager to see just how many calls Marsha had been making, only to be met with a tiny bill with hardly any calls. Marsha had been telling the truth. Ha! Believe your wife! Yeah, exactly. George also started complaining to Edwin that he could never get through to them, even at night. So he began checking the phone. He would come home from work and the phone would be off the hook. He would go and get changed and check it again and it would be off. Receiver laying on the side. They had no explanation for it and yet again, ghosts were not mentioned. They just made it a part of their daily routine to check the phone throughout the day. Why is nobody mentioning ghosts? Like, I feel like we wouldn't just think it's nothing. Well, they're very casual about it, though. So they kind of stuck with the house for 30 years with that mortgage. So they're a bit like, no, we're not scaring ourselves. We're not going to talk about it. They don't talk about Bruno. We We don't don't talk talk about about Bruno. No, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. But, but... Edwin was now becoming aware of how lonely Marsha was getting alone with the baby all day at home, and so he got her a dog. He wanted a gentle dog that would be good with the cat they already had, but also intimidating to be able to protect his family when he was away. He came home with a husky cross called Holly. A husky does not feel like a great choice. Well... Oh, with a new baby as well. Do you want They're just hard work, a, aren't a new, they? Yeah, baby... Yeah. Dogs are hard work. Is it a puppy or a fully grown dog? Uh, I think she's a young dog. Yeah. But still, that's like a lot of a lot of responsibility. I mean, I know that people do it, but huskies always run away. Well, she's now an apartment dog. Okay. Holly very quickly became part of the family and was a very well-behaved dog. I take it all back. Yeah, yeah. We, we spoke bad of you, Holly. I'm sorry. She would sometimes bark at things that weren't there, but the couple assumed she was hearing things from the street until one day they all heard footsteps coming up the front porch. Holly began barking and they were sure that if they looked, Myra would be stood there being all creepy. But no, no one was there. These footsteps became a reoccurring event and every time they checked, persuaded someone had to be there, they were always met with nothing. Other things quickly became routine in the apartment. The door that separated the kitchen from the rest of the house would open by itself. Now, this was odd because it was a heavily painted door. In fact, it had been painted so much it was hard to close and open as it was so tight. But again, every time it would inexplicably open, they would just close it and close it again, and close it again. Mm. Then the arguing that Edwin was now used to hearing from the basement began to be heard in their apartment, always at the same time, and lasted the same amount of time, and involved the same hateful words being spat from whoever was bickering. 
It now sounded to be coming from the back porch, but of course, there was never anybody there when the couple checked. They did notice, however, that when they approached the porch, the shouting stopped immediately, as if they had interrupted a couple who was arguing on a loop, like a record that would replay itself over and over again. Tension built up for the small family. Marsha would be shut away in the kitchen for 18 hours a day, and when Edwin came home, he would hide downstairs in the basement. It was almost ready for painting, and the smell of mould and coal had now gone, and it smelt clean and fresh, except for sometimes it was full of the smell of burning wood. But the trap that Edwin had set up remained untouched. It was very odd. Their cat Kitty, very original name for a cat. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. Kitty began hissing at the living room for no apparent reason. She would flee the room at top speed, hissing and growling as if she was being chased by a stray cat. Eventually, Kitty would just give up on going in the living room and lived mainly in the kitchen or in the couple's bedroom. She would on occasion stare into the living room, hissing at nothing. This behaviour was very unlike their quiet and calm cat. At this point, Marsha couldn't take it any longer and said to Edwin, I think we've got ghosts. He, of course, scoffed and replied, No, we don't. Ghosts don't exist. Marsha then continued to say, Look, we hear footsteps. My mixer flies itself off the wall. The phone unhooks itself. The lights flicker, no matter how many times you change the bulbs. The animals are behaving strangely. The cupboards open by themselves. And the door that you know absolutely should not open by itself does constantly All this without mentioning that you literally have to stand and watch the bath so that the plug doesn't come out and wrap itself around the tap. Edwin had to admit it was a lot of strange occurrences, but just said he would get to the bottom of it and Marsha didn't need to worry. How is he so blasé? I know. For us all now, it appears obvious that there is definitely something paranormal happening. A hundred percent. But back in the 70s, they didn't have the knowledge and the TV shows we all know about today. If Edwin had seen a ghostly apparition shaking chains, then yes, maybe he would have thought, ah, that's a ghost. But all this for him didn't point to ghostly activity. And it's true, if you think, where do we get our haunting knowledge from? It's podcasts, it's TV shows, it's ghost adventures and ghost hunters. Stuff on YouTube, TikTok. Yeah, I guess so. None of that happened in the 70s, you know. So I can kind of understand that's not the first conclusion he's jumping to. It sounds like they both, well, she is kind of thinking that it is that, but does not mention it to her husband. Well, she just has. She just said. Yeah, well, yeah. And then is he doing the same or is he just complete denial? At this point, he does not think it's ghosts. Yeah. It's that thing as well that this is what happening over a a period of time as well. It's not all happened in the same day. Yeah, exactly. And it's just one thing after the other. Oh, You forget about things and then she's tired because new baby and she probably thought at first, oh, it's me. It's me moving things about because I'm tired because I'm waking up and, you know, I'm not sleeping well. And Yeah. She was probably explaining it away that way, but... mm. As Edwin left for work with this conversation swirling around in his head, he decided to call Father Barnes. So that's the priest that came after the christening. 
who had, after all, left the building in such a rush last time that he hadn't really blessed the home properly. He asked the priest to come back and finish the job. No, replied the priest, what I did will suffice. But you left abruptly after your holy water dispenser had broken. The priest still said what he had done was enough. Please, said Edwin, I don't understand your hesitation. It's not a strange request from a parishioner. Again, the priest refused and hung up on Edwin. Edwin rang back. Look, father, I think we have ghosts. Are you afraid? Did you sense them last time you were here? Ghosts, said the priest. There's no such thing. Now I'm busy. I really must go. But father, did you leave or were you chased out? I would rather not discuss it. We don't get involved in such things. Well, if not the church, then who can help us? Edwin asked. I really couldn't say. Now I must go. Don't ask me again, please, Mr. Becker. And he hung up once more. Edwin was left quite upset after the conversation. Could Marsha be right after all? Why was the priest being so rude? Upon returning home that evening, Edwin was met by Myra. I'm moving out this week, you know, she snarled at him. Yes, I know, he answered. I'm glad I'm leaving. I was fed up of you coming into my apartment at night and moving all my furniture around. And then you put your cigarette out in my coffee. Myra, I never once came in your apartment, he answered. Ooh. I know you did all the time, she said. And putting cigarettes in my coffee made me so cross, you son of a bitch. God. The house is all yours now, she cackled as she returned to her apartment. Edwin looked at Marsha, who had popped down to the stairs to see what was happening. What on earth was that about, she asked. No clue, he said, but I'll be glad when she's gone. As Myra was due to leave, the couple placed an ad ready to rent her apartment. It would only take one weekend to clean and another to paint. So they thought the sooner they got the news out, the better. And they weren't wrong. They soon started getting lots of interest. But one couple stood out. It was a young couple who had just had a baby and were being forced out of their home, much like Edwin and Marsha. Edwin had to clean everything before they could come and view the place, so he got to scrubbing and disinfecting everything. The entire place was gloomy, even with the sun bursting through the windows, and one bedroom felt freezing compared to the others. And for the first time, Edwin was frightened in there. He saw a figure stood in front of the window, clear as day. He called out, thinking it was Marsha. After a few minutes of silence, he went to check. No one was there. He later saw another figure walking in front of the main doorway. This time, he knew it wasn't Marsha, as it was much taller than she was. He called out again. Hello? No answer. He checked everywhere in the apartment, but he was totally alone. Thinking his eyes were playing tricks on him, he just ignored it and carried on. The new couple, Ellen and Dave, came to visit and immediately asked if they could rent it. Edwin said he had to check their references, but pending that, the agreement was made and they signed a one-year lease. The next day, Edwin decided to test the bathtub again. He pushed the plug right down and started the water running. He left for no more than five minutes, only returned to see it wrapped around the tap again. That was it. He decided to install a plug with a lever instead of a chain. He tried it out and, success, the bath stayed full. He called Marsha to come see and exclaimed, Edwin 1, Ghosts 0. 
Marsha said sarcastically. That's great. Now you just have to rebuild the place wall by wall and maybe they'll leave us be. He had no idea how right she was. The plug may have been a success, but it seemed to aggravate whatever was in their apartment. As that evening, as he returned home, Marsha did not greet him. She just said, Eddie, the animals have been crazy all day. Kitty keeps hissing and Holly would not stop barking at the front door. Not a proper bark, more of a warning growl. I've been so frightened, Christine and I haven't moved from the kitchen. Edwin had a deep sense of dread. Messing with plugs and doors was one thing, but frightening his family was another. He had no idea what to do or how to protect them. It was truly an awful feeling of helplessness. Instead of being understanding, I think because he knew he didn't have an answer, he got angry. What am I supposed to do, he asked. I got the dog to help you, to feel safe. But if she's making you scared every time she barks, she'll have to go, and the cat too. I can't cope with working all day and coming home to this huge renovation and having you terrified because of the animals. With that, he went downstairs to the basement. The new tenants were going to use it as a laundry room, so he wanted to paint the floor before they moved in. As he painted, he couldn't help but think about Ben, the crazy pervert who had died in their flat. And Myra was definitely nuts. He wondered how many more members of the family were lunatics. Whilst he was deep in thought, he heard the sound of furniture being moved above his head. Clear as anything, it sounded exactly like someone dragging a table around. He wasn't bothered because he knew there wasn't any furniture in the apartment above him and that it wasn't occupied so he assumed the sound was travelling from his home. Marsha must have been moving something to mop under it. When he returned upstairs, he asked, Did you move something? No, she replied, I haven't touched anything. You sure, he said. Yeah, absolutely. Positive, why? Oh, nothing, he replied, I just thought I heard something. Edwin thought to himself, Well, even if it is ghosts, so what? No big deal. He wasn't worried. He was so obsessed with work and making the building nice, he completely ignored Marsha's feelings about the place. After all, she was the one that spent all day there, watching the lights flickering, dodging the mixer, tidying away plates that would move themselves, and dealing Mm. with the terrified animals. She was definitely beginning to suffer mentally from it all. The closeness the couple had once had was slowly vanishing and being replaced with tension and resentment. They were becoming the arguing couple. End of part two. It's like a loop, isn't it? It is, yeah. Everything repeats itself in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. This is so fun. Maybe not fun, but interesting. I'm, I'm gripped. Yes. So we will finish that next week. I cannot wait. What's going to happen? I don't know. Creepy shit. Creepy shit. Tash, talking about creepy shit. I've got a song. Well, a story from a song. Yeah. Day in, day out, the noise never stopped. The screaming didn't stop. It was deep in her head. No matter what she did, Working for the man every day and night, it's all she heard, as if they followed her. No place was safe. She tried to tune it out. She begged and prayed, but it just kept on rolling, rolling on. 
She ran and ran, tried to get away from it, trying to fight the screams bedded deep in her brain. Deep within, there's no hope, no let up. The big wheel keeps on turning. It just keeps rolling, rolling, rolling around her head. The end. (laughs) I know what it is. Good, you can... You can keep that for yourself. <laughs> I will. Becky, do you know? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I've got, I, I thought I knew what it was, but it would not be a, a song that Tash would choose. So, Right, shall we let the people go? Let's let the people go. Isn't that a song in um, The Prince of Egypt? Oh, maybe. It would make sense. Yeah, that's a good song. Well, thanks for listening, guys. It's been a pleasure, as always, having you here with us. It has. Yep. You can find all our social media details on our email address for any case suggestions, ghost stories, just to say hi, song answers, all in the description of this episode. And don't forget, if you did enjoy this episode, we would really love a rating or a review. And you can even leave a little comment on uh, Spotify now. So do that. I can't answer them, but I can see them and publish them. And they make us feel all warm and cosy inside. They do. They do. All right, then. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Tash, put a bit more effort into it. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Yeah, I'm going to cut this out, but stuff like, don't let the priest touch your willy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be alone with those priests now. I think we shouldn't let the priest touch your willy. Yeah, that is still a valid lesson today. Don't let priests touch your willy, Emma. (laughs) No matter how vain he is. (laughs) Right, moving Um, on. Moving on.